0: Loubier? Could be. We say Loubier in French, but uh, Loubire in English sometimes. Loubier, Serge, Serge. What do you prefer? I don't mind. Loubier. I I like the accent uh, that the English-speaking people have when they speak French. I think it's uh, beautiful, so I don't mind the way you use it. Okay, very good.
1: Serge uh, Loubier is president and CEO of Marquis Book Printing. One of the biggest, if not the biggest, of its kind in Canada. We're in his office in Montreal. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Welcome. Happy to be there. Can you tell me a bit about Maurice Marquis? Oh, Maurice Marquis, the founder, was
0: originally in the newspaper in mont that's the uh, where everything uh, begin for our company. Um, That's just outside of Quebec City, right? Yeah, it's about an hour from Quebec uh, on the side of Saint Lawrence River. Okay. And um, we're still in Montréal. The head office is still there. Started in 1939 or so, and uh, he was uh, doing some uh, publishing and. Printing, okay. And at one point uh, during the war, because he started in '39, yeah, he was to uh, distribute some books coming from France from uh, Fernand Nathan at the time, who used uh, to uh, make uh, some encyclopedia and things like that. So he was receiving it and distribute distributing. But uh, during the war, the books stopped Stop being co- shipped. Yeah. stopped being shipped. So we had to find a way. So we went to Europe and bought some rights. And founded Marquis Publishing and Printing uh, in the book. He basically uh, bought the rights, started to print the book, and then uh, made made a bus that called a Bibliobus. Put some shelves in the bus and went from uh, small town to small town to sell the books in front of the church most of the time. And that's how he started. the, the integrated vertically, in you know? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> At the... So he was producing and selling. Yeah. Producing and selling, and it evolved after the war. Um, it evolved to being a printer for the uh, French and Canadian publisher. From that time all the way to uh, somewhere like uh, two thousand, it stayed uh, as it uh, as it was at the beginning—a book printing plant using. Uh, The latest technology at the time. I even have a film of that that's funny. You feel in Cuba because of the old cars. And then he's in the office with a cigar and talking with some publisher. It's fun to see and you can see the shop. At one point, they sold after uh, Mr. Marquis, they sold to uh, some other people. And at the end, uh, it ended up being bought by Group Scabrini. Group Scabrini also bought AGMV, which stands for Atelier Graphique Marc Veilleux. Who's my stepfather that passed away uh, a while ago? And um, he formed AGMV Marquis, which was the joint of two plants, one in Cap Saint Ignace and one in Montmagny. And we came in in 2007 uh, as the management buyout. We, uh, I was at the time uh, taking care of sales, mm-hmm. started like uh, at production on a one knife frimmer. Then went at the binder. You actually worked the trimmer? Yeah. That's yeah. how you started off? Yeah, during my study at sure. the university. At that time, I was studying uh, French literature. I was on the content. Ended up uh, being on the container after a while. So yeah. I started uh, in sales. He said, yeah, oh, you're at the university. Maybe you should go uh, see some of the teachers. They might have some book to print. So I started in sales that way became uh, a head of sales around 2000, 2006 I joined AJMV Marquis because of a transaction I was working at the time for a Value on Demand printing and they bought us so it opened a light for me at that time say okay. so I don't have to go knocking on door like I do I can buy the business yeah, and certain. go really faster. Yeah, so much I'll,
1: easier way to expand, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah. I, I thought, uh, hey, that's a thing I should remember. Uh, you know, you can always develop 100 clients, but you can also buy 100 at once yeah. and make
1: it happen um, much faster. So two- what? So we can roll back a bit. What publishers was uh, Maurice dealing with? In uh, both in France and in, in Quebec, and maybe in, I don't know. There probably wasn't much in the, the rest of Canada, was not there? Not that much there? at the time, no. Not that much. So, was, what,
0: what publishers? Oh, uh, Fides, uh, Boreal, uh, Beauchemin. Some of them are still in business. Some of them have been bought. Like Boreal is still on Rue Saint Denis, yeah, still uh, there. I I can't uh, remember all the names at that time, but there was there was quite a few publishers in Quebec. And he specialized in short run because of the market. So sometimes good ideas come from necessity. And um, he needed to find a way to serve the uh, publishers that were to sell about 1,000, 2,000, books. And at the time, they were just buying 5,000 and storing those. It was the good times where... You didn't mind to print more because it was really cheap. And then he needed to adapt to the fact that the Quebec market is a market of his own in Canada. So he started to get some equipment for shorter runs, Yeah. which led to being a short-run book printer specialist. So at that time, that's the one I, I remember. There was quite a few, but I was not there. I'm just going from... Yeah, okay. Yeah, there was less publisher having... a stronger impact on the publishing industry at that time. It was more concentrated then. Yeah, like Cides was owned by a congregation of really Catholic publishing and Mm -hmm. uh, you had the other side where uh, you were doing books that were not in the Catholic range, but more like uh, disruptive. Yeah. And uh, you had in the middle a few guys that were doing essay and things like that. And the university presses were big at that time because everything was starting from there. So that's how he built his business. And he was printing also from some of the French publisher because uh, still today it's about 40% of the market in Quebec comes from outside Quebec and mainly
1: from uh, Europe. But you what about your business coming from from France, for example? At the moment? Yeah. We have, uh,
0: I would say, roughly 5 million uh, in dollars going from uh, Europe. And it's growing because uh, they have a tendency uh, to uh, print closer to a reader. And, you know, printing a big quantity, putting in on a boat, send a boat to Quebec, then print and distribute. You send about three times what you need. Yeah. You end up destroying those. You send more. The chain is changing at the moment yeah. so that we print what we need, we wait, and then we reprint if we need yeah. instead of having that magic calculation that it's really cheaper to print 5,000. Yeah. So I'm going to print 5,000, but in fact you sell 2,000. So the mathematics don't really work. So there's less risk if they work with you? Is that one of your... Yeah, but there's less risk because
1: they're going to print less. It's going to boost their cash flow, so they do more titles. And they're not going to hurt the environment by shipping a bunch of stuff over the Atlantic.
0: The footprint is a lot better because, of course, you don't destroy books that you took the time to print with paper coming from trees. And also, uh, you don't have to travel them to a big boat for five weeks or six weeks with all the trucking and everything that goes with it. So instead, if you print a quantity that uh, is pretty much sold through the retail and then you wait to see if you're going to have some returns or if you're going to have a reprint, then you're more adapted to
1: the market and you print a lot less so the footprint becomes a lot better so 2006 around there there was a management buyout so you yeah. you got there was the, what, two or three four of you that... three okay
0: three guys management buyout is basically guys that don't have money that buy something that worth a lot of money so you just leverage the company you put a lot of debt in it you uh, just work a lot until you have paid that debt and if you don't succeed uh, they take everything you have so it's a big risk but at the same time it's uh, it's the best thing I've done in my life yeah yeah, yeah So when we bought the company um, we had a hundred employee and about uh, 17 to 18 million in business uh, to plant in uh, momani and uh, to plant in Momeni, I say Momeni, but it was Cap Saint Ignace and Momeni. Okay. It's a big thing. It's a big difference, even though it's ten minutes of driving. Because uh, what, what do you mean? But I mean uh, that sometimes, even though you're close, the culture of two plants is really different. Yeah. So uh, around 2000, um, 2012, around that, yeah, we decided to put both plants together. And it took about two years for the people to just have lunch together. <laughs> they were talking those guys and those guys. Yeah. But I was like, we're all together in the same plant. You yeah. come from that village. They come." But it's been years and years that they were competing against each other. Now that we we're putting them together, it was a, a cultural change. So even though it seems for you, if you drive a car and you pass in front of a printing plant and 10 minutes after you pass in front of the. Uh, Another one, it's the same kind of, but in the end, it was not exactly
1: easy to put everybody together. Yeah, you acquired a number of different companies, and in 2018, you acquired Webcom. Yeah,
0: last year. It's been a year because uh, the transaction occurred in September. But that was not our biggest deal. Our biggest deal occurred in 2012 when okay. we bought two plants of Transcontinental. Yes. Uh, Louisville-Gagné, that is still open, and Sherbrooke-Metrolito, that is transforming into a pre-press house now. So it's the hub of Marquis uh, in Sherbrooke. Uh, that's where we receive all the files. But that plant, uh, when we done that deal, it was uh, a big one for
1: us. Yeah, that, and that, as I understand it, you basically, by doing that, you got access to printing sort of one black and white novels and that sort of thing, yeah. and they basically backed off and pushed into for color. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Is that agreement still in
0: place or not? In a way, yes, but okay. I think uh, sometimes they do black and uh, sometimes we do color, but <laughs> okay. uh, it is uh, still in place that they don't print black and white book. In fact, Transcontinental okay. has a subsidy called Chenellière, which is a major, uh, we say that uh, pedag- pedagogical, uh, Pedi- pedagogical, yeah, yeah. but the, that's um, one of the major ones in Quebec and uh, we're still printing their book. Or they're not even printing their own book so that's how they got out of it the mono and two color printing and so that segment uh, we do uh, we still print for them and uh, uh, we had to uh, close metrolito because it was pretty similar to the one uh, we had in momenie so we kind of took metrolito kept sending us in momenie and put them into one plant in a new building in the industrial park of a because the other plant, the old one, was in the middle of the town. And now we were disturbing the neighbors. At the, when Moise Marquis was there, it was in the middle of a field. <laughs> but then everybody built around it, and now they're complaining about the noise. So, okay. as usual, I guess. Yeah. Well, that was the biggest one because we were like at 20 million and we bought 37.
1: So it's the big push forward. And Yeah, you, what you said was you pushed all the chips in the middle yeah that's it <laughs> i went
0: to my father at that time and said you know i got the chance to make a deal i pretty much finished pay the, paying for the first one and now uh, i have the chance uh, to do a second one basically uh, if i was playing poker i would put uh, all in and say uh, this could be a very good deal for us or uh, a dramatic deal for us and uh, and it's funny what he said to me. Uh, he said, uh, you know, when you owe uh, $200,000 to someone, you're in trouble. Uh, but if you owe uh, $3 million to someone, they're in trouble. They really need you. <laughs> so you need you to pay it back. Yeah, right? yeah, so you might as well do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay. "Oh yeah, but I thought he was
1: going to say the contrary. But he's the one who pushed me at the end. So you're a risk taker. But or do you believe in your confident you you're your confident in what you're doing obviously At that time uh, our thinking
0: was we're only doing books that's what we're good at and we're going to live or die by the book So instead of competing against them if we can buy them and develop ourselves if the book stays and that was our thinking at the time because you have to remember it was the e-book apocalypse. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. made the deal in the e-book apocalypse with all the trouble that it gave us with the banks, saying, what are you going to do yeah, with yeah. So we said the book, as an object, will transcend technology and will stay. That's our thinking. So that's why we want to do it. And uh, it's a better time to do it because they let go. They had the asset for not much because they don't believe it's going to go through. Right. So who's going to be right? At the end, we said to ourselves, we're going to be the last one standing. So there's always, be, there, there will always be one and it's going to be us. Okay. Uh, in fact, now there's more than one, but with the last transaction that we made uh, with Webcom, we have a, a platform, a Canadian platform that is more established and, uh, we're not the last one standing, but we're by far the biggest one now. So in mono and trade, uh, Mono so, meaning one color yeah. black and white. Yeah. And what was the other thing you said? Trade, trade business is like the novels. That's really our strength and where we have most of our business. Okay. We're not the coffee table book printer. No, that's more
1: frozen, frozen and uh, transcontinental. Transcontinental, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And, and they um, do education four color stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which we don't do really. No. Okay. So now you're generating a hundred million dollars, uh, roughly in revenues a year, and you've got six hundred employees. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty accurate. We have a budget of one ten this
0: year, and we're about uh, five hundred eighty-eight. So it's more uh, accurate to say one hundred because. Uh, 110 is like a wish at the moment. But sure. uh, Who are your clients? Uh, mainly publishers. Like who? Like, uh, you, you mean the names? Yeah. Oh, in the U.S., uh, we have many publishers that we deal with, like Sterling, uh, like uh, people in the manga business. We are really big in manga. In the U.S., we have an expertise to, for graphic novels. We do a lot of that in the US. Uh, we do with Random House. We do. We deal with about 3,000 publishers. How many? 3,000. 3,000 different publishers. Yeah. And we wow. do about 500 titles a week. Holy smokes. Yeah. I, don't, I can't believe everybody's reading that. But the numbers <laughs> just <So that's> came <laughs> out that it's the growing
1: <laughs> market in the US, the book, so that's not the... Well, that's what we're all about here at The Bibliophile. <laughs> I mean, my yeah. whole... A mission is both to explore and understand what's going on with the book, past and present, but yeah. also to promote it. So that's encouraging. That's so you em- yeah, you that's won important. your bet then. We won our bet. Yeah.
0: Sometime And we didn't knew for real. It was not like a bet. Uh, it was not like we studied. It was a gut feel? Yeah. It's great. It's great when it works. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the best thing you do in life... You, you just guessed it, yeah. like uh, the, the the place. Well, you where... just
1: feel it. You know it, right?
0: Yeah, you know it. But in a way, we were condemned to success with book, or we were nothing. That's what we were doing. So we stick to it instead of trying to di- D- diversification. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So we could have chosen to diversify, but uh, we
1: we thought we stick to it and we go for it. Okay, and so. These publishers in the States, yeah. they benefit from the exchange rate being... At the moment, 75% yeah, ...75% or whatever it is, yeah. right? What about tariffs and duties and all that kind of stuff? Canada U.S., they don't have much. It's not a problem for and this us. this new NAFTA deal, is that not a big deal?
0: It's not, not a, a big, big deal, change. but if you look at it, let's say that uh, the government of uh, the U.S.A., Decide to shut the border to print to book printing. So we have about 800 million dollar of US book coming in Canada and about 170 coming out. So let's say nothing is moving anymore. I wouldn't have enough capacity to serve the Canadian market. Right. So whoever is at the head of the government knows that. So so a he has a, now he- they're shutting the border on some places, but. Why they would shut it when they're the big winners? Yeah. yeah you know, like uh, Mr. Trump wouldn't. Yeah. You know, there's one thing I think he knows is how to calculate. And uh, if he's blocking <laughs> China from coming in, it's because the balance is no good for him. And it's the same thing, but not in book, not, not in, in
1: printing. It's the contrary. In other words, what? Canadian publishers are getting print, their printing done in the States? Not big so time? much.
0: What no. happened in Canada and didn't happen in Quebec. It's a very different market. The okay. strongest market in Canada is Quebec. And for almost, you. For you. For everybody. What does what does that mean? That the publishing market is as big in Quebec than the rest of Canada. In other words,
1: Quebec publishes more books than the rest of Canada? That's what I think. And that's probably and what it's like what? One You know why is that? It's because sixth, one sixth of the population of the total yeah. country, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but
0: we're publishing our own things. We're yeah. French into a, no, no, a right. sea of English-speaking people. So yeah. we have our own things. It's this. It would be the same thing in Canada, but they were unable to fight against all those publisher shipping books. Yeah, so all yeah, the, we got the same language.
1: That's the problem.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. So all those publisher that went out. They used to have Random House and McLennan and Sue, all those guys, they were all installed in Canada with imprints. They all come back in the U.S. and they ship the book instead. So the Canadian, English-speaking publishers struggle to fight against the big machine uh, of content that is the U.S. And you know how, how well they are to push their culture through the rest of the world, so it's hard to compete against that. So the books are coming in, going in the libraries. It's full of U.S. book, and there's a side of Canadian books. So at the end, it's harder for a Canadian publisher to fight against the U.S. than us fighting against France. Yes, and yeah. still, in Quebec, 40% of the books sold come from Europe. Mm-hmm. We have the same problem. Just ima- I can just imagine what it is when the, your neighbor is USA, yeah. with all the capacity they have, and uh, all the publishers from England that have imprint there. So that's why I'm saying the pure Canadian content, the books that are done by Canadians. They do you do as much in Quebec than the rest of Canada.
1: So, who do you do business with in Canada? Like. Dundurn and ECW and Biblioasis, do you do any work with them?
0: Yeah, I do uh, work with those three. I do book hey, for most of the publishers in Canada, to okay. be honest. Yeah, okay. You could name probably 20 in a row and I would know them and I would I would have printed for them. Okay. It's more like a publisher could have different provider. Okay. But he's rarely going to stick only to one. Yeah. And that's why I probably printed books for all the publishers in Canada. Maybe okay. some do really nice coffee table book that they do with Friesen or some are doing very short run that they do with a local printer. There's a few guys in West. Uh, there must be like 10 printers for book. I don't know, different size. But at the end of the day, they either came through us at one time and left or are still there for a part of their work. So we do business with most of them, all the universities, all the publisher out west, from uh, the BC publishers, from going all the way in Saskatchewan and Quebec, or even in the, in the or everywhere.
1: Okay, and I've heard that uh, printers serve as the bankers for publishers. Would you say that? <laughs> How do they pay? Are they good payers or who's the best payer? Who's the best payer? I wouldn't say that because
0: I would have to say who's the worst. Uh, the worst one uh, last year was uh, Joe Book, but uh, they went bankrupt, so we lost like 300,000. Listening? Joe Book. Joe Book? Yeah, to a company from uh, Ontario. Uh, J O E Book. Yeah. Yeah, which we're making some nice book I don't know if I can see one in the shell but uh, must have some here and the uh, but it's public when somebody goes bankrupt but I wouldn't recovery is about at 62 days global yeah. uh, I have some people that pay 10 days minus 1% and I have some people that pay at 90 days I would say that my industry is a lot worse than many others we're on the wrong side of uh and it's coming from the fact that the industry uh, has a slow travel of money because they print the book. Yes. For me, For me, I buy the paper yeah. one month before the order. Where do you buy your paper from? Uh, mostly uh, in Quebec, from uh, Duntar Mill in Windsor and uh, Alma Resolute Mill and uh, Saint-Jérôme, uh, Saint Jerome uh, Enviro Mill, because we're a big user of 100% post-consumer paper. We're already pushing that to uh, to our client for to reduce the footprint. So we buy the paper one month in advance. Then we print the book, and then they pay us three months
1: after. Well, they got to get all these different people buying their product. It yeah, comes but, in in tiny little. Uh, for boxes. them,
0: then they send the book. To distributor, yeah. In Quebec, it's a law, by the way. Only the distributor are allowed to provide the books to uh, the, book the uh, yeah the bookstores. It's it's the chain is protected through law. So they go to a, dis- a distributor, they send it with a right of return. So the bookstore yeah. in three months decides pushing back the book.
1: Yeah. So
0: the real money uh, is coming kind of slow, and sometimes they use those return to erase some of the money they owe to uh, the publisher. So he's getting his money really late. So you know that's what? the cycle is long for him. That's why it's long for me. I'm the one paying, but I pay my paper at 10 days and I get the money uh, four month after that and sometimes even more. So you're like the bank then? In a way, I need a bank, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I need the you bank, need, to, yeah. yeah. I need a bank to back me up. Yes, am I the bank of the publisher? We could say that, but yeah. I'm more like the margin of the, of the publisher. If I'm asking them to pay me at 10 days, I might jeopardize their cash flow a lot. Yeah. That's how I see it, but we don't lose that that often. And uh, in general, people when they print a book, they know they have to pay it so okay. w- within the terms.
1: Okay, so do you actually go out and do a sales pitch to new publishers? Yeah. So can you give me a quick pitch on the publisher? I could. It's been but a long do you, time. Do you bring out, a, like, do you, what, what do you do? Do you bring out a, some examples of other books that you've published? Mm-hmm. We do it through a um,
0: trade show. Where all the publishers meet for uh, various seminars and things like that and usually uh, we are allowed to have a table in, uh, in a hall and we meet all those guys like uh, the learners, university presses, uh, trade publisher. They all have meetings and things like that. So, so which, give me some examples of the, the, the biggest ones. By the biggest okay. one is American Bookseller Association that does the big show in New York at the Jacob Javits, for instance. It's not Book Expo, is it? Book Expo, yeah. So, for instance, that's a big one. Uh, we go to Frankfurt Bookmesse, where it's a zoo over there. It's so yeah. big. First time I, I went there, I had a meeting in all four. So I go to the meeting, and then my other... I, it was my first time. I didn't know I had to take a train to go to all four. All uh, four uh, venues? The, the, the all yeah, all four. And I was in all one. Sure, right. and it was eight all. So <laughs> I go. So I look at my second meeting. It's impossible. I'm not going to baking So I go to the third, yeah. and then I go to the fifth, and then I, then I learned that. Make some meeting in the same hall. I felt like it was a book fair of Montreal where you just walk your way there now and it's a lot bigger. never thought it was that big, so we go through there. Usually what we are trying to establish with the publisher is uh, making sure we understand his needs. Right. So what kind of book do you print? What are usually the runs that you print? Do you need fast turnaround on reprint? What's your normal cycle of buying? When are you buying? in the year, because we have peak period. If he's buying all his book in my peak, I might not be able to help him the way I should. Then we thought about looking at what he's printing. It's more like knowing them than knowing us. And then I know exactly what kind of machine, because it's really important now. We have a big park of machine, inkjet uh, digital, uh, liquid ink digital, sheet-fed offset, uh, half web offset full web offset color web so if i print a book uh, for a client on the machine he might uh, not be satisfied because he's making books on a cell uh, cut and he wants to know the inside of the cell and or those guys are doctors so they want to see it carefully some other guy don't care it's pleasing color they don't want to pay the at a prime so you need to understand the need of the client and then i'm Coming back with an offer. This is how we could help you. This is how we could help you reduce your inventory because the way we do reprint is really fast and uh, cheaper than most of the big guys in the U.S. So print less and be more reactive. And uh, this is the paper we could use if you want to make a book on uh, like that collection is about the forest and uh, so you might want to go with a book that respect more the forest than the one you have at the moment. So it's pretty much. Coming together and making sure that we understand each other because I can print books, but can I print the book he needs? That's yes. what I have to yes. understand. But and if it's a
1: novel, that's pretty well your bread and butter.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah. pretty straightforward too. Yeah, it's, if it's you, you, yeah. you want newsprint? To how long? What's the tale of the book? Is it long or short? If it's a bestseller and uh, it's about a politician that is. Uh, not gonna be re-elected, and you, just want to, you want to make a burner, then you, I, you could go for resolute paper. That is a newsprint, it gets yellow with time. It's just a much cheaper paper, but yes. it suits you well. It, and you a lot it. of the novels are done on those paper. So you get, you would get a lot of them out at once, and then if they want yeah. to do more, yeah, you, you do more. But also, it's the in two years that book is looking like crap. If you do it with offset at Windsor in 10 years it's going to look the same way it looks so are you going to have a long tail selling it is it a back a title in the back list that you can sell like forever forever yeah, yeah. and your inventory you're sure of selling it so you can do a bit more and just do it on a acid-free paper yeah that's basically what's going to cover uh, it's going to help you not get too yellow but if you want a cheap thing
1: going fast out. Then like the Mueller report, maybe you might
0: want to get a lot of those. Muller report, back. cheapest you can go. And actually we were working actually with Sterling, which is a subsidiary of Barnes & Noble's that I've been bought not so long ago. We were working with them and say, you know, you want to do that amount of book with a really cheap paper. And uh, why are you doing that much? Because it's on the sell fast and we're talking. So, do you sure that's what you want to do? It's a lot of money. And he sits back and say, no, I'm not sure actually. And it ended up going digital uh, with a digital book, you know, uh, on a tablet. Yeah, an e-book, sorry. That's the way to say it. Yeah. And um, it went all the way to not doing it because the scope of selling was so short Mm, and it was so risky and you needed to have it in all the retail places so that if you were it with a 60% return, you're going to... Cover the profit you made on twelve other book, and yeah. then you know. So by not doing it was perhaps the best, <laughs> the best solution for <laughs> right. my client. Unfortunately, yeah, because okay. you needed to go low, low, low. You, you can't go that low at one point. So it's basically uh, sitting with them and say it's not feasible. It's yeah. not feasible because yeah. you're not sure enough to sell it. And if you're not sure enough to sell it, maybe you shouldn't do it. Yeah, because yes. you couldn't. You couldn't go short short run. Yeah. You had to go big. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was a struggle, and then they're the only one to know at the end. The the client, ins- yeah. yeah, they are the only one to know their, what's their feeling. They're, they're best educated about the risk. Yeah. Like, yeah, what I can offer them is to diminish the risk and explain to you how I could do it, like I'm going to guarantee you five-day reprint. Yeah. So do half of the book and I'll be really reactive on the reprint, and if you don't need the reprint, then you'll like me a lot. Okay. If you get to reprint, of course, on a 10,000 copy run, you'll make a bit less money because making one time 10,000 lowers your unit price. But at the end of the year, all those risks that you didn't took uh, might be more money for you. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have a, a building full of inventory that you don't know what to do with it. Uh, it's a question of uh, helping them succeed. That's what. Yeah, but that's why are succeeding?
1: As you say, it's it's helping them to l- not to lose money on yeah on projects.
0: Yeah, I well, want the and publishers. And helping them to assess their risk, right? Yeah, and I want the publishers I'm dealing with. I want them to be successful. Yeah. That's why th- when they're successful and they need to reprint fast, I got to be there because they have success. So I got to be part of their success, and if I can help them be more successful or spend less money on inventory and uh, th- th- we'll do it. So that's pretty much the approach we have when we go to a publisher, trying to understand his need and serve, serve him uh, the best way we can.
1: Well, And with Webcom, you've got these next generation inkjet presses for short-run printing, right? Yeah. So what does that do?
0: It enables the, the possibility of printing, let's say, four color books, at a really uh, low uh, quantity with a good quality, uh, efficiently. So, and we do also case bound at uh, Webcom. So short run four color case bound, which put us in a pretty unique spot. And that's the need of uh, the tier one publisher that we deal with uh, in Webcom. Meaning that those publisher, let's say Oxford University Press, he has to um, decline his content in the U.S., in Canada, in Australia, in Malaysia. And he has to what? I say decline his content, but that's not uh, that's a no. French word that I'm... Uh, he has to put his content in many countries. He's selling books in many oh, countries. Oh, yes, and so
1: they're different for each country. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: sometimes they're different, but also you just can't print them all the in, same. In, in India and send them all of, no. all around the world. It doesn't make sense he has uh, to follow also uh, the school period and it's adapted to some market so he has to be reactive we need uh, 500 books of that medicine book that worth 400 bucks because the the, the the student need it so he's reactive in many ways like that so he needs some partner in every country that can print that high quality level book at a short run yeah. instead of having a big run and trying to Establish where it's gonna send it. So those tier one like, Darren uh, Francis, uh, McGraw, Il uh, uh, Walter Cluer, and Nexus Nexus, all those big guys, they need us to print for their market, but on a sh- shorter, because they they want to go no inventory yeah. as much as possible. Okay. So that's where Inject come in because it lowered the cost of starting a job. It's completely different because on an offset press, you print the first section of, let's say, 32 pages, all the way to the last one for a book of 320 pages, so you have those 10 sections. You cannot start binding until you have the last one because the publisher they usually hate to be missing the last 32 pages of a book. (laughs) So, So the workflow is completely different. You have to have all those printed, Before you bind, on a digital path, uh, it's a book that goes out every time. So you can start binding. Right away. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can react pretty fast. So they prefer sometimes to print five times the same title during a year instead of printing one time. And it It, doesn't cost them that much more because you're set up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It costs more. It does. It does cost more, but they print when it's sold it's Man. a completely different pattern yeah and they established their selling cost based on the printing cost
1: yeah so okay.
0: at the end they're not losing money necessarily it's not like the trade where you go 29.99 is the top 19.99 is better in terms of retail price so you have to obey to uh, the retail rules if you are in a more captive market like uh, Scholar Publishing and uh, High-End University Book, uh, Medicine, uh, the STM, Those ones usually sell for more, but they're mm. really precise. They cost more to produce also, yeah. so there's more room to, uh, to cover the, the, the fixed costs of uh, production.
1: For novels, who do you compete with?
0: I compete uh, with Quad, uh, Donley, Friesen, and Quebec compete with Gauvin, Ignel, Luton Boston, Warzala, Versa, CGK. There's a lot. Oh, yeah. It's still a very fragmented market. There's a lot of room for consolidation in the market. There's been some, but uh, not that much. And in the U.S., you'll see a lot of deals happening. One of the big deal just went down, uh, Quad and Lake. I don't know if it's good for the market or not. Uh, I think they'll do... They'll probably do about the same thing they wanted to do together. They'll just do it separately. So we'll see. But those guys are have massive capacity and they dictate the market in a way. How, how much bigger are they than you? Then You've got 100 million a year. I would say galaxies. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's like say what, a uh, billion. L- LSC is about uh, in the book. I would say it's about uh,
1: 5 billion. We're oh, about 100 million. So. Wow. so there really are quite a few books still being printed. Oh, yes, there
0: must Because I can only imagine we're doing 500 titles a week. But we're really specializing for, in a small run. So you could have a bigger printer than us doing less title. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, in Montmagny, I do about two, three hundred uh, books of one during a week. I don't count those in the 500, of course, because, it, but I do book of one, like 300 a week. And uh, then uh, my average run in Montmagny to do five, one uh, 150 titles a week is about uh, 600. So it's really short. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about 4,000 in Louisville. Where we do about uh, hundred book to uh, seventy seventy five hundred, and in uh, in uh, Toronto I don't know yet. It's a bit too soon for yeah. me to have all those info, but I suspect it's comparable to Momani. So the run must be about eight hundred. But they do have also big gears like like Timson Press in uh, in Toronto that can boost up. The, sometimes we're doing a Bible at three hundred thousand copies. So. It is influencing a lot the average. So mm-hmm. if I would take them those off, uh, in Moventi we never do that. It's more
1: like a short
0: run and digital and cheat fat plant.
1: It, it sounds to me like there's a lot of room for you to expand and do do more business.
0: We don't really exist in uh, North America in a way. Because it's fun. It's fun that you're interviewing me. Yeah. But I never get interviewed because I don't really exist. Because I'm a small guy and. It, sea of big printer and in the US I have a small parcel of the market like the market for books like I do is about uh, 5 billion Uh, (laughs) and uh, I do about uh, 40 million (laughs) so I don't really exist in the book market and uh, I'm only talking about the books that concern me because I don't do the big books in color and like that so there's probably about another fifteen billion that it comes out of uh, the things I'm not touching. Like, yeah. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of business and it's a bit growing at the moment, which is uh, good for us, I guess.
1: What about uh, Random House in Canada? Do you do any work with them? We do a bit, not much. Where do they get on- all? They get it all done out in the states. Yeah, they're under
0: contract with Bentley. Drama. Most of the big, well, the big uh, publishers, they're under contract with Don or Quad, most of them. Okay. That's why they don't want them to go together, because they're probably using one against the other. Yes, So yes. if you lose that leverage, maybe they, they, they were thinking the price would go up. But it,
1: they don't really have an option to go to you because you're too small or can you hand? You could handle a, like a bunch of their work, no? Yeah. You could. Yeah, I could. But and that's not my pay, strategic you'd alignment. You'd be charging them Canadian dollars too.
0: Yeah, but that's not our strategic alignment because uh, we prefer to go for a mid-sized publisher and smaller one. They value uh, our know-all. We cannot take, let's say, a random house and he's sending us uh, 300 titles. Then I would have to say no to 200 publishers that I'm dealing with for years right so it's they're yeah. really big i'm not that big no, for them no if they're spending a hundred million a year and i'm a hundred million a year if they want to send half of their business to me then it's a commotion in my in my plans but is so, it
1: like you cheaper than the big guys or
0: not i would say i'm not no, no. i would say i'm not in fact marquis uh, what we want to be is the highest price printer and to be the one chosen anyway. <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> in because fact, you're I do so damn good. But uh, yeah, that would be my goal. Okay. I don't succeed at the moment no, no. because I'm not good enough. But uh, that's where what we're aiming
1: at. No, it's, Being, as far as Canadian goes, it sounds to me like that market is ideal for you because there aren't there are lots of medium, small, medium sized publishers in yeah. Canada.
0: Yeah, uh, that's probably why we. Kind of started like that. It's because of Canada, and in the U.S. we go for the guys that don't spend, uh, don't spend over two million, three million, or say, mm-hmm. we stay under the five million. So the big guys that that spend a lot, they get those scale price and everything, and it's really hard to compete with the big yeah. guys. They are almost buying the business sometimes. <laughs> the way I see the numbers, so going that low with such a high uh, quantity of yeah. books, yeah. Would affect my uh, my bottom line and uh, wouldn't be a good alignment because the day they push the button off, then I'll lose twenty five percent of my business. Now I got three thousand client,
1: so it's nicely diversified. Well,
0: biggest one is about four million. Yeah, and uh, yeah. after ten you go down to one million. So yeah, yeah. you know I can lose a few, uh, yeah. and I'll it's safer. For me, it's a lot safer than depending on one of the big guys. And it's when you put your finger in the gears after that, (laughs) you know, and then you turn around and you have 20 million with the same guy and suddenly say, you you should go 10% lower, otherwise we'll have to leave. Then what do you do? You let him leave or you go 10% lower? And then three years after that, he's asking for another 10. And then it's too late. You should have said no to the beginning. Now
1: you're stuck with it. So you're going after two to five million dollar clients in the states
0: yeah or or even lesser than that A yeah. client that gives us a hundred thousand dollar he's uh, working well we're established with him it's they're fun to work with why yeah. not yeah i don't mind I, you work but, with vehicle here in all uh, yeah montreal yeah mr uh yeah simon yeah it's fun to work with simon why you know why would i say no to somebody that is smaller than uh, one of the big guys actually a good client we work together for long. Great
1: books too. Yeah, so and
0: I mean and important books, too. Yeah, it's it's perfect for us. I'm there's no client that are too small. They're just not adapted to what we can do. Mm. Sometimes they don't see uh, the value of working with us. They prefer to work with their their guy that they know. Some of them they don't care about quality, so we cannot improve quality for them, they don't care. So they only care about price, so some there's all be a always someone cheaper than me. Yeah. If it's not here, it's in the US, or in China, Malaysia, Spain at the moment, there will always be somebody cheaper, but somebody yeah. that can deliver on time, good books, that can work with you to make them better,
1: then... Good, you, I mean really good quality books. Yeah. The uh, printing, good...
0: Uh, yeah, the printing, like uh, what binding. we do in the manga business, we have uh, Timsons that are pretty recent, which are web-press, but uh, we print... Uh,
1: What's, what are you saying? That's a, that's a type of equipment you have?
0: Yeah, make? Timson presses. Okay. Yeah. Best press to make books in the world. Unfortunately, they don't do them anymore, but uh, okay. they're the best one. Uh, Where are they made? They were made in England. Is that right? Eh? Yeah. And they what, they just closed up? Yeah, they went uh, all the way digital, they spent a bunch of money trying to get digital heads into offset presses and they, Didn't they basically, you no, know, too bad because they were making very good equipment but also the printing industry using those big webs has suffered a lot. Now we're seeing some growth but it's growth that is not going to get us where we were 10 years ago See, unless there's a, a lot uh, of growth in the newspaper they all pretty much out of the market now so all those big uh, builder of press rely on that big industry that was newspaper so yeah, they really tanked yeah they, they yeah. were doing book press on the side but the big yeah. thing was printing newspaper all around the world and suddenly it's collapsing and like nobody wants to buy a press to print newspaper at the moment yeah. they use the old one so and those press are very good with print with a better line screen than most of the industry so the, the, their tones look better. So well, that's why they come to us. The, it's the quality and also the fact that you can deliver so on time. Because you've got a Timson, people come to you. Yeah, people know about those press. But also, it's more like uh, when they see the book. They're just like wow! It's yeah. different from uh, the guy I have. The, it's more crisp. The image is better. Yeah. How come? Well, we're using a press that is uh, better quality, and we're using a line screen that is more sharp. And we have special readings on the press that calculate uh, the amount of ink. And even the the file coming from the client is pushed into the press to adjust the press. So. We have the latest technology available and uh, we spend a lot of money on capex so they can benefit from that. On what? Cap, cap, capital expenditure. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yep.
1: Sorry. It's so <laughs> just too much of a business term. For me.
0: Yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. Uh, uh, okay.
1: So I
0: became a businessman. I was a printer once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Timson. any other names that are really, really good printers? printing machines
0: yeah the Heidelberg sheet fed that we have in Momani. I think they're the best sheet fed in the world too Uh, the HP inkjet printer that we have in uh, Toronto are probably uh, the best one but we also have a Fuji inkjet printer in uh, Momony that are very efficient Mm -hmm. but um, for offset we rely on uh, Heidelberg and Timson which are names that like, they're the best. That's my, they're like roller- that's my point of view. Somebody could say that a Mitsubishi is better, but from my point of view, yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, the best press uh, available on the market. Okay.
1: Just uh, finally winding down here, what about your story? Where were you born? Montreal, on
0: Boulevard Roland. Okay. You remember, I was uh, one years old. I've been deported by the army. Because they found uh, uh, one of the ministers that uh, the FLQ killed just near my kindergarten. So I'm, I'm born in Montreal and my parents are from Bose Beauce region.
1: Wait a sec, they killed Laporte, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So what happened there? You were well, they, born right around that time? And I was born, and I was at
0: the kindergarten and the oh, police okay. found in the trunk of a car near the Near kindergarten. your kindergarten. So the army everybody out of that sector and put me like in a house in Westmount. And then my parents, when they came to the kinder, where's my kid? I was like (laughs) deported at one (laughs) in in the north of Montreal. Okay. And um, pretty much stayed around Montreal all my life. Studied at uh, Quebec University. And um, uh, during my study, I started working for uh, Marc Veilleux at at his printing plant. What was that called? veilleux uh, on-demand printing i ended up marrying his uh, daughter Josie. no but uh, it's uh at that time it happened after okay uh, and i uh, worked uh, on the one knife trimmer while i was at the university and then worked a bit on the binder and after that was uh, a head of production uh in the plant this uh, was after you graduated or no when I graduated, they, they put me at sales. I okay. remember. 1994. started selling to universities. Yeah. Back to uh, University of Quebec. I knew the uh, guys there, so I said, "Oh knew no, the next book, uh, I could print it." And then I said, "Oh, it's a publisher that printed." So I went to the publisher and you know, established uh, my uh, selling like that. And at that time I was thinking to myself, if I can reach one million in sales, albeit. I'll be the one and now I got a business that uh, if I don't do a million a week it's really weak but uh, at that time that's what I wanted to aim at and I got it at one point that was at 1 million Mm -hmm. then I've been bought by um, Scabrini Group they bought value-on-demand printing, as I was saying before. And they came in and said, oh, we're already covering that client, that one, that one. So I lost all of my clients. And I had to develop, uh, and I looked at the market. I said, what am I going to develop? And I started developing outside Quebec. So for three, four, five years, develop in Ontario, BC, Saskatchewan. So what do you do, fly all over the country? I was driving a lot because I was... Traveling cheap, sure. <laughs> so, and I was flying uh, in BC and uh, established uh, all my clients. So I've developed
1: those. So these, and who would those clients be? For example, oh,
0: well, uh, Down Press in Saskatchewan. Oh, uh, yes, Joe, Jackie Forey at the time, uh, Ronsdale Press with Ron Hatch, uh, Extasis Press with uh. Uh, Carl Seidler uh, in BC uh, Talon, he was with Talon. Talon yeah, yeah, yeah. Talon. What, what do I say? I mixed them up. You, you didn't say. Uh, Talon. Extensis was Extensis. Richard Olafson, and Talon was Carl Seidler. You're yes, right. He was yeah. working with his wife. Yeah. Arsenal, Paul, uh, yes. Ryan Lamb. Uh, uh, I had some client at Dunder, and At the time, it was Ken Lang, I believe. And uh, I had uh, Broadview Press with. Uh,
1: they're uh, in Calgary, Brock. right? Or they're in
0: Calgary, Peterborough. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're at both places because the only band, the owner, is now in Calgary. Yeah, uh, Calgary University Press. Uh, it was Walter Hildebrandt at the time that was there. UBC? Uh, Did you go to UBC? Not much because they were under contract uh, with Friesen. Okay. They go on the uh, tender, but they always take Friesen. So, oh, I think they are having a hard time finding people quoting now. Yeah, because everybody knows that they don't. They, they just don't. do that for it's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most okay. of the time. Okay. And um, I think it changed now. But okay. at the time, it was really a freezing account. And, and then there's
1: Regina Press. Did you get the university? Yeah, the
0: University of Regina. We get some jobs from them too. At the time, that was not my client. Okay. I had some a bit of client in Quebec and mostly uh, outside Quebec ECW Jack David I was uh, working with him was a funny guy to work with yeah and uh, he's he's still a funny guy he's still a funny guy maybe yeah Yeah. didn't change (laughs) 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 and uh, I don't know couldn't name some uh, for quite a while. I okay. remember them. We're still doing business with most of them, actually. I see. So what they saw at the time, my boss said, "Hey, you went from zero and you're back to a million, and now two million. So you're good at development. You'll be ahead of the development. Sorry. So you'll be a, v- a VP of development. Yeah. And after that, it became a VP of sales. And when the manage buy- management buyout came in, that was my only chance to be named president." Buying the company. So well, nobody would have named me president. But if I was buying the company, maybe it could have been, happened. So, And uh, my two associates thought that since I was in sales, being in front of a client, being the president, meant something more than sitting in an office. So that's why I got the title okay. at the time. I got the title first, and then I got the job. Okay. I remember <laughs> at the time I said to my father, you know, I'm president, uh, and I don't know what to do. Yeah. I felt like... Uh, George in, in uh, Seinfeld, when he's working for Penske, I don't know, he's just sharpening pencil all day. <laughs> right. What's the job? So, I, you know, take your time, look at everything, it will come. And yeah. it catch up to me, what was the job after a while. But at the beginning, I was like, okay. I knew my way as a, at sales. Yeah. Now I'm president. I gave all of my clients because I thought it was a bit awkward to have you are and when you're president, yeah. everybody's going to say he's passing his <laughs> line. So I gave, pretty much gave them to all the salespeople. Yeah. And um, now I started thinking, what could I do to develop the business? And it came back to the fact that I was bought a few years before. And I said, yeah,
1: I could buy right. another company. Yeah, so yeah. we bought uh, a few uh, company. Uh, and so you must have a good bank then. You, you must yeah. like your bank manager. I think they like us. They believe in you. They believe in us, but
0: also they're making tons of money with us. Because <laughs> it's yes. risk capital. They made a lot of money with us. <laughs> and actually, on the structure of Marquis, when we did the management buyout, uh, at that time it was uh, risk capital Desjardins, yeah. came in as a shareholders. They're still shareholders <laughs> of Marquis. How much do they own? Uh, about 40 Yeah. Okay. And we have uh, 20, 20, 20, 60, it's about that. Yeah. It's, I think they are a bit lower now, but they're still important Mm -hmm. shareholders. And um, we've been like that since the beginning it's always nice to have a billionaire as a partner mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, they have a lot of money when it yeah. and uh, when it's time to do a deal now we've done a few with a bit of success so okay we'll lend you the money they make money lending money yes. if they don't lend yeah. money they don't make money so yeah. if they look at the project if it makes sense it's an easy access to capital but easy it's never that easy no, you no. have to prove that it's going to be a good deal and everything but At the end it's easier than if uh, you start from scratch, which uh, we were when we started. We were the young guns, everybody wanted to help us. Now we're the the big guys now.
1: What did your father do? He's accountant,
0: chartered accountant for uh, all his life. Hmm. He's just just retired now. So he wasn't in sales? No, wasn't in sales, was in numbers. (laughs) And your mother? My mother, uh, she uh, used to work at the postal office when you were still giving the envelope in the end of the people. So she worked a uh, pretty long time there. And after that, she worked uh, in an office uh, in uh, the uh, window maker called uh, Novatech. She used to work as a secretary there for, uh, I don't know,
1: 10 years. Mm-hmm. She's retired too now. So where do you get your uh, energy and personality from? I guess from my parents,
0: (laughs) probably. That's the only place it could come from, but I think you build your own, in a way. Because sometimes people say that I look like my father, but they rarely say that I got the same personality, unless my wife sometimes says that to me when she wants to be mean. But otherwise, (laughs) it's not (laughs) happening often. I built myself by being curious. I think in business, it's important to be curious. In my business, it's essential. Yeah, but in most of the business, it's really critical in your business. Because otherwise, I don't know what the... It's not going to be interesting. Yeah, I doubt it would be. In our business, it's important to be curious. Me, I'm a machine addict i like machines i like to understand how they work and it's really important to be curious about machine when you're in the printing yeah. industry because it's still a machine war in a way so if you, it's like it's
1: like formula one if you've got
0: the best car yeah and if you buy the wrong one you need to race all year with the wrong one because you bought it yeah. so that's yeah. you, you you gotta make sure you do buy the right one mm-hmm. or that you don't buy the worst one that's for sure you can't always buy the best one, because sometimes you don't even know it exists when you, it evolves pretty fast. Mm. But if you buy the worst one, then it's really hard to be successful in a market like that. And it's painful at the moment, because the new presses, they're digital presses. So they amortize on a five-year period. Before that, I was buying offset press that were amortizing in 10 years. Mm. So five years, when you buy something that's worth 3 million, you better get your numbers straight because the amortization takes a lot out of your numbers. Yeah. So it's uh, that's why I say it's a machine in away. You you gotta make sure you do the right thing. And it's capital intensive the print. By huge machine that costs a lot of money. And even when you do a deal, like we bought the press from Edwards Malloy, because uh, they collapsed in the in the US and we bought a pretty good Timson, ZMR, the zero make media Timson, pretty rare. We didn't pay much for it. Because it's really a press that worth about seven to eight million, and we paid like five hundred. But then you have to install it properly, so it cost us and maintain it too. You have to, yeah, but it cost us five hundred to install it properly because you got to do the concrete base. You got to change all the wires because the press have been running, and you want to make sure. So and we change all the uh, electronic and the computers in it. So two hundred just that because we Mm -hmm. want the new generation. We don't want to be out of uh, support uh, one year after installation so knowing all that and doing all that is a key to success because we've done it a lot in the past but uh, it's not only the machine you buy how are you gonna install it who are you gonna put on the press do you have you bought something that your people really don't know and you have to start from scratch then if you buy a used press you don't get the support of the company so if you want to buy something new for a new product, you better to buy brand new, coming with yeah. a team that's going to show you. If you know your way in Heidelberg presses like we do, you can buy a pretty good used one and pay half of the price. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, juggling with all this that probably makes a success, success at the end and
1: uh, errors are really costly. Uh, that's. Speaking of success, uh, it's final question, Where you're at $100 million. 600 employees how how big is your ambition are you happy now where do you want to go in the next five years that's a good question
0: we're making a strategic uh, workshop it's going to take us six months a lot of meetings all know better in six months i could answer that but
1: if but as I go far as back, your
0: ambition goes but in the book industry from all my readings there was something really important to have that is called the critical mass. The critical mass in the printing industry in North America is 100 million. Then you have access to uh, contract with the supplier that are better. You can buy a machine that produces 20 million because you have a hundred. You don't buy a machine that produces 20 if you have 10, but that machine that produced 20 is really efficient. So mm-hmm. then you can transfer the business from a less efficient to a more efficient and uh, you're on the radar a bit more so supplier come to you and client come to you Uh, so we wanted to reach that critical mass that's why we done the webcam deal Mm. and uh, we wanted also to get closer to the tier one and have access to a strong platform in uh, In Injet so we have that now it's not a question of going to 200 between 100 and 200 there's no strategic there's nothing really strategic there. You fit the critical mass. Yeah, I fit the critical mass, and um, there's other thing that can give you this is giving value to our company to be over 100. The other thing that gives value is to be over 12 percent of EBITDA. We're working on it. We're not there yet. We were at 11 before buying Webcam. Webcam took us down. Now we're going to gain back. So we want to be over 12 percent of EBITDA. Much more important for me than the amount of business at the end of the year. It's the bottom line that gives me the money to reinvest in a platform that is up to date. So it's more important for me at the moment to generate good a bit, uh, with my company than to generate the top line. It's non-strategic to be at 150.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I
0: want to be a solid player. I want to invest into a uh, case-bound rigid binding because t- there's a shortage in the US and I truly believe that The book object is a nicer object when it's a rigid binding and Mm. I think it's going to go through. If it becomes like the book you're you're writing at the moment, you took a case bound because uh, it looks better and the object looks better. So in a way we want to get into that part of the industry, print more color sheet fed because it's high quality. So high quality case bound. You don't do many. Case bound novels then? When we bought Webcom, we also bought a company called York Book Binding that is specialist in Casebound and we integrated into the Webcom facility. So we just started in Casebound and we want to improve that. So that's where we want to go. We want to be, as I said earlier, we want to be the highest price and be full of people that are happy to pay for it because they get it on time, because it's looking good, yeah. because they, owe, they know they have a lunch or an event, they'll have the book. And uh, they'll know that if they're successful, we'll be reactive. So at the end of the day, they don't care to pay a bit more because uh, they spend less.
1: Yeah, In fact, yeah. In, the long, <laughs> in the long run. Yeah.
0: yeah so yeah. that's not the same thing I would have said before buying Webcom. But now that it's done and we have that critical mass, I'm like 200 or 100. It's not the, the big thing. It's more like if I, I want to have better places for my employee, nicer place to work in.
1: More nice. money for
0: your employees? More money for my employees. They take care of it. They usually ask. <laughs> <laughs> they usually ask. Okay. But it's more money, but it's than the environment also. Yeah, if sure. you're in a successful company, you have more chances that they pay you right. yeah. Well, Of course, they yeah. could, you could say that Amazon is not doing that. But in fact, maybe they do. I don't know it. People will complain against a company that is that big. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of millionaire that work at Amazon too. Yeah. So yeah. the uh, I think it's easier to uh, to have good people if you have a nice environment and you pay them well. So yeah. you always have good surprises and bad surprises, but usually when you pay well, you get good people. They
1: talk to each other. So that seems to me that that's what makes you happy. but. Maybe you could answer the question. What makes you happy?
0: What makes me happy is to think that the uh, 500 family uh, can earn a living because we had some good ideas and uh, we developed a company that was not existing uh, at that size. It, so that pretty much what makes me happy and that's what worries me enough so that I make sure that they they have a job to uh, all the way to the end of their career. That's uh, what I'm I would be proud of one um, of the guys at the Christmas party I gave him a watch because it was uh, 25th year and that guy was uh, younger than me and I said when did you start? He said I started at 16. So now it's been 25 years and I think you're going to take You're going to retire in our company. He earns about $30 $30 an hour as a pressman. Decent job. You do some overtime. I say, I'm happy. I want to retire with the company. He's working three days. So they don't show up to the office that much working three, 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's long, 12 hours. But once you tried it, you work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then you're off until the next Monday. I think it's a good job. He's being paid for we're in region or land mm-hmm. or not, so he's probably got a piece of land that he can work on, and so that's what makes me happy. That people rely uh, on our company to uh, to get their kids to school and to you know, it's fun. At the end of the day, I'm happy when you do nice book when we have good profit. But what re- really makes me happy is more like the people being happy working for us and being in a in a good environment. Even though we're trying, they're not always
1: happy, but that's what makes me happy. Well, I'm very happy to have met you. Thank you very much for your time.
0: Thanks to you. You seem like a well-experienced interviewer. I never felt I was actually being interviewed. Good,
1: (laughs) Good. (laughs) I've been speaking with uh, Serge Lubier, who is the president and CEO of Marquis Book Printing based in... Well, it's based in Quebec, with plants uh, in different parts of Quebec, but we're actually in their offices in Montreal, Canada. Thanks again. Thank you.